Is Bryce Young going to hold out? Let's talk about that. Panthers fans, happy Friday. We made it to the weekend. Congratulations. You all deserve a round of applause, pat on the back. You made it past another week of work or whatever. If you're on vacation, I feel so sorry for you. I am so sorry. But you can follow me at Daily Panthers on Twitter for all the news, sports, analysis, tips, tricks, all the things. So, thank you so much for giving me a listen. Today, I'm going to talk about Bryce Young's contract situation and what it means for the Carolina Panthers. So, first off, let me just say that it does not matter. We're good. We are A-OK. Everyone, just calm down. It's not going to matter in two weeks. He's going to be signed, and this is all going to be a thing of the past. And let me tell you why. First off, the rookie wage scale. If you don't know, there is there was a CBA signed in, I want to say 2013, either 2011 or 2013, that basically slotted the rookies into a wage scale where the first pick gets X number of money and the 256th pick gets X number of money, or the, at least the 32nd, whoever. You get a certain number of money based on your position in the draft. And there's a few things that have happened with this CBA that are of, that are noteworthy. So before 2013, I keep saying I'm going to keep saying 2013 because I don't remember the exact year, but I think it was 2013. Before 2013, there was no scale, so you had people like Jamarcus Russell, who signed for what like 150 million or whatever it was. It was exorbitant amounts of money, and the person who was in charge of the in charge of the NFLPA I don't remember his name either but he wanted to protect the players and his thing was that they aren't rookies after their first year so they should be paid as veterans from the beginning which for some positions works great for other positions not so great so you might be thinking like running backs they've kind of been screwed by this CBA because a running back's health and their the time that they're most effective is their first few years. This CBA does not take position into account. That's one of the major complaints about it. It treats everyone as equals. And that is probably not how it should be. It should be related to the... I mean, just look at the franchise tag. Where you have a franchise tag for a quarterback is worth, what, like $30 million? And a franchise tag for, say, a running back is worth, like, $10 million. So the CBA does not hold any positional value. The only positional value is your position in the draft. It has nothing to do with the position that you play. So there's that piece of it. There is also contract language. So since the CBA came into effect, the, the collective bargaining agreement, since that came into effect, these contracts are slotted, but... The language is not. So there is certain language that certain teams and organizations like to use based off of their history and based off of what they want to do. So, uh, for example, someone like the Chargers. Um, they had a holdout with Joey Bosa a few years ago based off of language. You already know what you're going to make. It's just a matter of when you're going to make it and what happens if. Um, so the contract's... The things that it doesn't consider, at least 
by default are the ifs. So if a player gets traded, if a player gets released, if a player gets hurt, if a player does not play up to their contract, those sorts of things. So right now, what Bryce Young and the Panthers are at at least a little bit of an impasse. They just haven't signed the contract. It's not bad or good. It just means, hey, we haven't come to an agreement. And people in today's day and age just assume that disagreements are like automatically a bad thing. It's just debates over money. And you have someone like, well, let me get to this point first. So with this contract, you have the money is set, but the language is not. So there's two different things that come to that. So there's deferred payments and there are offsets. So the deferred payments basically say, hey, out of that 24 million signing bonus that you're supposed to make, we are going to give 18 million of it to you payable within 30 days. And we're going to give you the rest of it on say August 1st or whatever. Now I'm not an expert. I don't totally understand the advantage of it. I know a little bit about money. So my guess is that players want that money earlier so they can put it to work and so they can get their, honestly, just get their money. I I couldn't find anything online about the advantage of getting a lump sum versus getting your payments over installations, especially if it's in the same tax year. It wouldn't really have any effect on your taxes for that year. Honestly, as far as deferred payments versus getting it in a lump sum goes, I think that this is probably not that big of a deal. I think the Panthers will end up just giving it in a lump sum. Um, It doesn't have any effect. From what I could find, it doesn't have any effect on the Panthers payroll and how that plays out or the cap space or anything like that. So it's really just about what the team wants versus what the player wants. I'm sure there's some sort of advantage to each side for each party. But after all this research and all of my knowledge, I really couldn't find anything that was too groundbreaking in regards to that Um, I just know that the value of a dollar yesterday is more than the value of a dollar today just based off inflation and you think about the cost of things say even five years ago or five months ago if you have a money or if you have a dollar or let's say a hundred dollars and you are given the option hey do you want a hundred dollars now or do you want me to give you ten dollars each month over the next ten months Theoretically, you would want the $100 now because you could invest that $100 and make more money than you would if you were investing $10 over the course of 10 months. Now, there is dollar cost averaging where you're investing, say, $10 over the course of 10 months, and you actually make more money because you average out the market and you kind of you time up the market in a way in which you put money in when it was cheap, you put money in it when it was expensive. Um, So just remember, time in the market is better than trying to time the market. So that's one argument for dollar cost averaging. But I don't really, I've never had $24 million, so I don't really know. And also, it might just be that Bryce Young wants his money, or any player really. It's not specific to Bryce Young. Over the past Five or so years, um, the top overall pick in the draft has gotten their payment in a lump sum. So I really don't see this being an issue. I don't, I mean, you have someone like Bryce Young, who to my next point has been a millionaire since before he was in college. So he doesn't really 
like a lot of money doesn't really have leverage on him. You might see some guys go in the NFL who have never seen money a day in their lives and suddenly they want their money now and they need their money because it's their money and this is what they're getting paid for. This is a signing bonus. It's a principal thing. If you're going to call this a signing bonus and give it to me upon signing my contract. So there's a few different approaches. I don't have any inside information. I did all the research that I could and I couldn't find all the answers that I had. And we know that contracts can be a little bit crazy. Um, but all that being said, I'm just making these educated guesses based off of human nature and what I know about money and finance. So I could be totally wrong about some of these, but some of these I am definitely right. Uh, but the other thing to think about is the offset language. So for those of you who don't know, offset language basically says you can't double dip your contract. So if I sign with the Panthers for four years and 41 million with a $24 million signing bonus, and I end up stinking it up after two years, and they release me or they trade me, uh, then the amount that I get paid if I sign a contract with another team offsets what I'm supposed to be owed by the Panthers. You might have remembered what this is through Matt Rule signing with Nebraska, where they purposefully backloaded his contract so that it would not offset what he is currently making from the Panthers. So he made, what, 7 or $8 million a year for seven years with the Panthers, and then he signs with Nebraska for like $100 million, but <laughs> the first three years he's making like, what, $1, 2 and $4 million, and then after that he starts making his actual money so he can get as much money as possible. So it's allowing him to double dip from both the Panthers and Nebraska. And they're in their own lawsuit there for the structure of that contract. But it's kind of the same concept of I can't sign with another team and you not get a discount for it. So what I anticipate happening is that this will never be a problem at all. And no matter how many times we go back and forth, Bryce Young will have a good long career here. Or at the very least, make it through his first contract. And we won't have to worry about it. But if we do... What it will come down to is basically what I assume will happen is that Bryce Young will get his lump sum and the Panthers will get their offset language and then they'll call it a day uh, because at the end of the day, the Panthers did give up their leverage when they decided to trade the whole farm to move up to get Bryce Young. And could you imagine if they did that and then Bryce Young held out? Does that seem like something that would be beneficial to this fan base or this team? No, it does not. The real countdown starts when training camp starts. Um, so around, I think it's July 25th. Um, so basically in two weeks, you should see Bryce Young sign that contract. And he also sets the market for the rest of the team and also for the future. So you have to think of it from both sides. Uh, both the player and the team are representing a group that's bigger than themselves. The players are representing the players. The teams are representing the other owners. And then the agents are representing the agents. So there's three different parties here. And so you have the players who are trying not to sacrifice too much for the benefit of the other people in the group. So this contract negotiation is based off of years prior. So I mentioned that I think the last four or five first overall picks have gotten that lump sum. So it's become kind of common place for that to happen. So they've set a trend Bryce Young and his agent are trying not to break that trend because that lump sum is beneficial for the players because they get their money 
when they sign their contract, as it would suggest in the name of a signing bonus. Now, the offset language piece, the agents have pretty much lost that battle, um, and offset language has not been a thing for the most part. Now, if the Panthers decided to make it a thing, that could kind of set the market for the other teams and the other agents, and they can start saying, oh, well, the Panthers did offset language, so we should do offset language. And also, no team wants to give up leverage to other teams or advantages to other teams. And so it could potentially start a trend. Or you could have pushback like we did with the Deshaun Watson signing where they gave him, what, $250 million guaranteed fully. And all the other owners were like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's where we draw the line. And then the Lamar Jackson dispute came into effect where they could give up two first-round picks to sign him if they wanted. But everyone was like, no, we're good. Nope. It basically was the owners and the GMs standing together and saying, we are not going to start giving out fully guaranteed contracts. And also, we do not have this much money. So if also, fun fact, if you don't know, if you are fully guaranteeing something, you have to have the money in escrow. Um, so escrow means that the money is liquid. Liquid means that it is cash. So it can't be out in an investment. It can't be in real estate. It can't be used to pay employees wages or anything like that. It can't be in a high yield savings account. Well, maybe a high yield savings account. That I actually don't know. I don't have this much money, so I don't know what accounts are allowed to be used for millions of dollars. But it basically just has to be, think of it like a pile of cash money. Like, uh, what's that rich duck's name from that cartoon? Scrooge McDuck. Think of it like that. That is fully guaranteed money. That is where it stays if it's not being paid to the player. So in the case of someone like Deshaun Watson, if it's five years for $250 million, the Browns have to have $250 million sitting in a safe. Not literally in a safe. It's digital currency, whatever. But to this point, it has to be liquid. Um, so this money that Bryce Young's getting, it's $40 million in his bank account, liquid cash. Um, and any guaranteed money over the course of his contract just has to be sitting around, can't be invested. And owners do not like that. So you've got leverage from both the owners and the players and the agents. Um, so the agents usually get a percentage of what the, the players are signing for. So they have a financial incentive to get their clients the most money because the more money they get, the more money the agents get. And it has become more popular to go without an agent, someone like Laramie Tunsil, is a great example of a player who negotiates contracts without an agent, but he also is commanding the top of the market, which I think is a little bit easier to say, I'm the top of the market, this is how much I command. If you don't give it to me, I'll go somewhere else, and they probably will, as long as it's not an exorbitant amount of money. Now, if you're in the middle of the pack, it's probably a little bit more difficult, um, but you save money if you don't have to pay those fees I'm also curious about Russell Okung's Bitcoin contract. I wonder how, how much he got out of that. But um, yeah, anyway. So basically, it's all about leverage and language at this point. So offsets and lump sum payments, deferred payments, that sort of thing. So all of this stuff is really just a formality. This type of stuff used to be a much bigger deal before the CBA because... These contracts were not slotted into a certain spot or a certain amount of money. So you had pretty significant holdouts like Jamarcus Russell's where guys were missing 
actual significant time because they could not agree on a number. The problem with no slotted numbers is that everyone is waiting on everyone else. Everyone's waiting for someone else to blink first. Because you don't want to be the guy who sets the market in the wrong direction, and you don't want to be the team who sets the market in the wrong direction. So everyone's just waiting around for everyone else. And even if you do say, hey, remember last year they signed him for $40 million. You say, I'm better than him, and I'm this position, and I do this, blah, blah, blah. I want $45 million. So it's really just a bunch of rich people just pissing over contract negotiation and money and language. But now, since the dollar amount, which is the major thing, is already slotted, it's just about those two little things. And um, yeah, you might see some clickbait articles or things like, is this going to be a holdout? Don't worry, it's not. Bryce Young is going to sign, and he's going to sign before training camp. It's not going to be a problem. My guess is lump sum payment and then offset language. So Bryce Young gets all of his money, and then the Panthers get a little assurance if something happens that they won't be on the hook if something were to happen. But the reason we we wanted this, we knew this was going to happen. It's so funny to me, all of this different talk. It goes back to the draft where you're like, oh, what if the Panthers are thinking this, or the Colts are thinking this, or oh man, they're definitely not going to draft this player because of this. And then you see something like the blueprint where they're like, oh, we're definitely going to draft this player, no questions asked. And everyone else is like, oh... I didn't even think he was on their radar, or I didn't think they had any interest in him at all. It's the same thing with his contract talk. Honestly, everyone else is freaking out like, oh my god, my hair's on fire. They're not going to sign Bryce Young. There's going to be a holdout. He's going to get hurt, and he's not going to be a good player. We're going to have to wait till next year before he even starts, and blah, 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 blah. No, 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 that's not going to happen. That's not. It's much calmer than that. I'm sure... Scott Fitter and the agent aren't even like worried about this. Bryce Young's still training. We've seen videos of him training with other Panthers. He came to every day of camp, voluntary workouts, rookie mini camp, all of that. And he's going to be at training camp when it comes time for it. So just relax. R-E-L-A-X, as Aaron Rodgers said in the past. I don't remember what year that was. I think the Panthers actually beat them that year. But, um, yeah, basically, all of that to say, it's going to be okay. Chill out. Take a chill pill. Um, Don't worry about it. He will sign. There is no world in which Bryce Young does not come to training camp. They're not going to hold out over some language. It's not beneficial to the player, the agent, or the Panthers. Because they're also trying to get to their second contract. Think about rookie contracts. Everything I just mentioned. Them being slotted them not making that much money. The Panthers wanted on a rookie contract partly because of the money that they can have committed to it while they can pay other players like a Brian Burns. Where, do you know how much a rookie quarterback makes in one year, typically? It's like $6 million, which is nothing compared to the others. Um, The average annual value of the contract is a bit more because they have that signing bonus of $24 million but then the rest of that $15 million is basically just within four years of the rest of the contract. So it's a pretty minuscule amount compared to what they'll be making on their second contract, which is what they're really trying to get to. That second contract is where they make the real money, where they make $250 million. 
that's when the real negotiations start. So Bryce Young's trying to get a few good years under his belt in order to get to that real money, that second contract. Uh, but it's going to be a few years, and there's a reason why they slotted the CBA like they did, because it was just getting out of hand. So it's beneficial for Bryce Young to get this contract signed, get on the right foot, and go into training camp with all the tools at his disposal and not starting anything late. I mean, Bryce Young does not take me as the type of guy who is going to hold out over a contract. So just let it go. Don't start pushing all this. Is Bryce Young going to hold out? He's not. He's not. He's not going to hold out over language in a contract, especially as the number one overall pick in the draft. He's going to get his lump sum, and I think the Panthers are going to get their offset language. So it's a win-win, and everyone goes home happy. Because at the end of the day, while we are making a big deal out of this because it's a slow news day at the office and slow news couple of weeks until training camp starts, you know, that's really that's really all it is. It's just two guys texting, being like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? No? Okay. Like, could you imagine watching Scott Fitter and this agent text back and forth? That's probably what this is like. This being like, you up? Hey, big head. You want to sign this contract? No? Okay, I'll ask tomorrow. It's not that serious. If you saw anything in the blueprint, I hope you saw it. It's that GMs are regular people. So, and also, we don't trade all those picks to not do this again. So, yep, it'll be fine. It will be fine. Um, in other news, the Panthers are going to be on hard docks, which is pretty cool. Um, so, if you haven't yet, you can get some tickets. I tried to find out why the Panthers moved to a ticket system. There hasn't been any announcements or anything. Joe Person said a couple weeks ago that he was going to look into it, but he hasn't said anything since. So I don't know if he hasn't found anything out or if he found something out, he just hasn't said anything about it. Uh, people are complaining about it a little bit, I think, because in the past you just kind of go there and uh, you just show up and you don't have to have a ticket or everything. I don't think that they're really going to enforce tickets outside of the Jets practice days. Those are probably going to be the really popular one, especially now with hard knocks going. That's the ones that I have tickets for, so I'll let you know how that goes. But I would imagine that that's the only day they're really going to enforce the tickets. I mean, the other days, I don't think that they'll need to because it's not. I mean, while we do have the first overall pick and while training camp, it's a lot of fun. I don't think it's going to be something where they're going to have to be turning people away because there's just not enough seats in the stadium. Um, they probably just wanted a number on capacity. They might not enforce tickets at all. They might just say, oh, we have X number of people who bought a ticket. We don't need to enforce this at all. Let's just let them walk on through. And they're just not going to say anything about it um, because they don't want people to find out. So I would say... Get a ticket just in case, but you probably don't have to worry about it outside of the Jets practice. Um, and then also bring water. It's going to be hot. Oh my God, it's been hot the last week. It's been like 90 plus. It feels like 100 because of all the humidity. Whew, I do not miss this. I always forget how freaking hot it is. It was pretty cool starting in June. Like back in May and June, it was pretty cool. And I was like, wow, this is a very cool summer. But having lived in North Carolina my whole life, outside of a couple of years where I lived in Georgia, I kind of knew, like, this is not going to continue. But man, you're never ready for it. And then by the time you're used to it, it cools down. You're like, oh, thank God. 
at least in North Carolina, it stays warm until like November at this point. So basically from, or at least from this year, it was more like June to November, but typically it's like May to November, the beginning of November, like Halloween is when it starts cooling down. But yeah, so all in all, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hard Knocks is going to show up, show out. Might get to see Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Jets have a lot of good talent on that team. You've got Aaron Rodgers, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Quinnen Williams. I mean, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be so much talent there. And then the Panthers have Bryce Young and uh, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown, some some big names. Uh, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> and uh, I hope there's a fight. That'll be good for the content, right? So we'll see, but I will definitely be there filming, um, maybe getting some interviews. So definitely listen back for those. Uh, but I hope you all have a good rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Be safe. I will see y'all on Monday. Peace. <laughs>